to the Travel Squad podcast. We adventure the world together, one passport stamp at a time. We're here to share travel news, tips, and our own adventures with you. Every Travel Tuesday, we share stories on a variety of topics, including our hometown, San Diego, hiking, weekenders, national parks, international getaways, and inspiring you to go on your own adventures, even if it starts with your own backyard. I'm Jamal. Brittany. And I'm Kim. And And we're we're the the Travel Travel Squad Squad Podcast. Podcast. So grab your ticket and your passport. And don't forget your travel insurance. And prepare for takeoff. Hello, travelers. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 90 of the Travel Squad podcast. Today, we're diving into really exciting news of California's reopening and sharing some deals from our home state. This is going to be our first news episode since we have officially become a tripod. If you remember, we mentioned that we were going to start putting more news-oriented travel deals, just any travel news in general out there, and what bigger news than really California's reopening, right? It's been a long, long time since we closed down in March of 2020. Supposedly, now we are officially reopened. There are a few asterisks up there. We're going to talk about those, but for the most part, reopen. And it's exciting news because California is an amazing state, beautiful, and a big tourist area. I think we're like the eighth largest economy in the world if we were our own country. So this is big, big news, everybody. So since it's so new, we're going to have a lot to talk about some of the lifted restrictions. And, you know, it's really funny because we just came off a weekend trip to Zion National Park in Utah. And we also were in Nevada in Las Vegas for a little bit too. And we got a taste of what it's like to walk around freely without a mask. And it was so liberating and we had a really good time. It was almost awkward too, because we know we're from California and like it felt weird to get up, you know, at the restaurant without a mask to go to the bathroom. We were breaking the rules or something. Yeah, I felt like, (laughs) I felt like a rule breaker. So now that we're back in California and things are changing, we want to really dive into that. Yeah, and the first day that California reopened, which was June 15th, we're now here a week past that time, I had gone into Costco without a mask, and it just felt so weird but so liberating at the same time. And, you know, like Brittany had said, we were just in Utah, and it was definitely a little bit weird, but, you know, different states, different rules. I'm kind of used to that when we travel, but to do that in Costco here in California, it was just, like, mind-blowing to me and really, really exciting. By the way, I'm so excited to finally be able to put out an episode on Zion National Park. Yes. Coming up soon. Coming up soon. That was such an epic trip. I thought you were going to say you were excited to go to the gym without a mask because I saw (laughs) your personal story, not on Travel Squad, Kim, of you just smiling in the gym without a mask. Yeah, it was amazing. They put out an email that masks had been lifted, signed a waiver saying I was vaccinated and... He's like, take it off. And so I did. And it was amazing. (laughs) It's funny, though, in California, since the mask rules were lifted, it's been a little like, do I take it off? Do I not take it off? Do I keep it on? Are we allowed to take it off? So there's been a lot of like figuring it out still, even though the masks have been lifted. They're still little. They're little asterisks like. Exactly. You know, read the small print or the fine print. There's fine print. Yes. 
but for the most part off. But I feel like a lot of people I'm still seeing are wearing them, but I'm sure as time moves on, we're going to hit everybody off. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people didn't just start wearing masks one day and all of a sudden. So same, same. With that being said, let's take you through the top headlines in California travel and tempt you to come visit with travel deals you will not be able to resist. Well, the first big story is what we were just talking about. California is reopened. I think it was about 453 days, if I have the statistic correct. Were you counting? I was not counting. I saw this <laughs> it's number. It's not a statistic. That's a fact. That's a fact, yes. We've actually had an argument before, Brittany, you and I, of what uh, the difference is between a statistic and a fact. I don't want to get into that here on the episode. Touchy subject. So the fact remains that we were 453 days in some sort of stay-at-home order or restriction lockdown with masks or limited capacity. So that technically is officially over. We are technically open to full capacity for restaurants and all sorts of other things. The one exception, which we're going to get a little bit later here, is big events, which we'll talk about shortly, but for the most part, open season. Open season. feel like the shackles are coming off. So there were a lot of restrictions in California. It was a hard 453 days out here. But there is a lot of things that went away. The first of those being the California statewide tiered system by county. And they were using our data on positivity rates and hospitalization rates and a couple of other statistics to determine what tier of open we could be and capacity we could be. The tier system no longer exists. Every part of California is reopened. Yeah. And that was one of the confusing things. Like you said, one county to the next. I remember last year around 4th of July, as a matter of fact, San Diego at that time was actually doing really good. We weren't in a very restrictive tiered system, but Orange County to the north was. And do you remember seeing the photos of the traffic? Everyone from Orange (laughs) County was trying to come to San Diego so they could actually go to the beach because the beach was open here in San Diego, but it was closed in Orange County. And why was it closed? Because they were in a more strict tier earlier and they broke the rules and kept the beach open. Can you believe the beaches in California were closed? I can't believe that is insane to me. You weren't allowed to sit down on the beach. But anyway, they broke. They had beach hours. What? Like, oh, you can only go in these certain hours. I remember when the beach opened here in San Diego, Brittany, we ended up going. It was only during certain hours, which is actually stupid and counterintuitive because you would think, okay, if people are wanting to get outside and do something, most people are going to go at the limited time and you have more people there. But we went to Coronado to go walking on the beach and it was just a clusterfuck, pardon my expression there, of just chaos. So it made it tricky, even as Californians traveling within the state, you didn't know the restrictions. Mm -hmm. If we wanted to go somewhere else, did we know, is it going to be indoor dining or outdoor only, or is everything still to go? So Mm -hmm. made it a little bit confusing, but that is gone. Tiered system is away. And social distancing has gone away. So you no longer have to keep six feet away from anyone else. I remember even just like recording here at home, we were trying to like distance from each other (laughs) in mine and Jamal's living room. We even wore masks while recording. Yes, we did. And that was early on too, before, you know, everyone kind of got the comfort factor or I should say the fatigue factor and was just like, eh, but you know, we tried our part, but (laughs) it wore thin after a while. Let's not kid ourselves on that. And Kim, you know, we talked 
talked about restaurants and I know you're excited too, because you were saying about how long we've had to wait. Well, you didn't say this on the air, but you said it to us. Like you were so stoked that now you could get reservations because sometimes it's like two, three hours because of the limited capacity inside. So that's gone. And most important for you, bars are open. <laughs> yeah. This entire quarantine since March 17th, 2020, bars that do not serve food were closed in California. That's a lot of places. Just let that sink in. That's crazy. And some bars would start selling food. It was actually required to purchase food with your drinks. That is gone now too. Let's but what, celebrate. But the good that did come with it, now more places are like partnering with taco trucks or other food trucks. So that is a nice perk that you can get your food and your drink in one place if you wanted to, but it's not required. That's true. I did go to a brewery in Chula Vista and it was just beer. But when you bought your beer, you also had to buy a ticket, which got you a taco at the taco shop, like on the corner of the street. That's a good solution. Mm-hmm. Solid deal just and solution. Like, just like our hotel in Zion last weekend where their kitchen had burned down. So they gave us a ticket to go to that restaurant across the street and get food. That was bomb a restaurant, deal. by the way. And all the more exciting to talk about the Zion episode to rave upon that restaurant. Oh my God, I cannot wait to say what happened with the breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> now, as we said earlier, things are open. There's those little asterisks and caveats. One of those little caveats of the no mask requirement is technically, let's not kid ourselves, an honor system code, which we know some people are going to violate. I mean, that's the reality of it. But technically, masks are supposed to be required for people who aren't fully vaccinated in certain settings. But no one is sitting here checking at the door no one's making sure that people really are or aren't it's on an honor system again keep in mind asterisk we're going to get to something later where that's going to come into play but no masks no masks yeah unless you're vaccinated honor system code right yeah and then for most places for all places they say you can be at complete full capacity both indoors and outdoors according to the san diego tribune article i was reading today and if you guys can believe it, we also had curfew restrictions. I know a lot of other places did too, but we no longer have those, just FYI. So you can party all night long, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all the way till 2 a.m. when they have last call for alcohol right. here in California. Well, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if Kim's actually going to party all night long. She's been a grandma since we hit quarantine and COVID. <laughs> I don't think it was quarantine COVID. I think it was 30 and then Kim's kind of just gone a little bit downhill. Oh, okay. So it takes a grandma to know a grandma, I guess. <laughs> I will fully own up to my grandma status. <laughs> and I know a grandma when I see one. One thing I do want to say, though, is masks are still required in certain places. But these, other than what I said, unless you're not vaccinated, which, again, is honor system, this is not California. These are federal mandates. If you're traveling to California now that it's open, if you're flying on the plane, I'm sure you know you're still going to have to wear it when you're in the airport here in California, regardless of what airport that is, you're going to wear it. Buses, trains, mass transportation, those type of places still require the face covering. So do keep that in mind. And there are some individual businesses or counties that can still require face coverings if they want to. So you might see a sign saying that they are choosing to partake in that and you do want to be respectful of their choice as a business. It's like no shirt, no shoes, no service, right? Any business now can still dictate that. But uh, exactly, we will see if that happens. I don't know if it will. I well, haven't seen it yet. In the first week since it's been, I've seen it go both ways. Costco with their sign ready that said no masks if you're vaccinated. 
And then there's some like the hotel that's connected to my gym and the hotel that's connected to my office building, both still are requiring masks. I really feel like it's going to be more smaller mom pop shops that may institute that. That's my hunch, but I could be completely wrong in that. We shall see. We but shall see. I think in time it's going to be really going. But, you know, now that we've shared the big news of California reopening, you're going to come to the state. Where are you going to go? There's so many great places. But for me, I can't talk about California and tourism without talking about Disneyland or amusement parks. I think that's one of the big draws to the state. It's like our rival Florida on the East Coast is probably kind of why I'm like eh, on Florida because I've repped Cali real hard on the <laughs> amusement parks. So big, big news regarding amusement parks and capacity and mask restrictions for those. Why don't you ladies dig into that a little bit? So that brings us to our second story where we're talking about Disneyland and the amusement parks. So all of the theme parks will be allowed to return to full capacity. I mean, Disneyland was shut down for months. Damn, I should have gone before this. Over a year. Not even months. Over a year. Over a year. Over a year. The last time Disneyland shut down was Wingemall. I think it was for 9-11. And quite honestly, before that, it had only closed maybe like two or three other times when JFK was shot. I think there was another incident. I forgot what it was. But uh, I mean, it had only closed a handful of times voluntarily. These ones were involuntarily. Technically, at first, I believe Disneyland and the amusement parks made the decision to close when I think they thought it was maybe going to be a week, two weeks, and then the restrictions came in. But finally, we were able to open a while ago for the amusement parks. I believe it was actually April 1st, was it not? April Fool's Day? I think it was. I think it was. <laughs> but a lot of the places were only allowing Californians to visit these parks. Not all, a lot of places, all, all the places. It was I a love that. You know, you hear all the time from other states like, oh, you California people. It's like, all right, then we're going to keep our California to ourselves. Yeah. So, I mean, it would have been fun to go to the amusement parks Then they had limited capacity. I think it was like 25%. Could you imagine Disneyland at 25% capacity oh, or any other amusement so park for that matter? So those restrictions on capacity are gone. Masks are no longer required and out-of-state visitors are welcome now. I mean, I think that's the craziest thing that really when they opened, they restricted people who could come and they really checked. You had to have reservations in place. They well, actually made still, sure... You still have to have reservations in place. Yeah, but with that, they made sure you were actually a California resident. So It's funny too, because it would have been nice to go when it was 25%, but we probably wouldn't have been able to get tickets anyway because they were prioritizing people that had already purchased them before it closed. So there's no way we were going. I was also reading something that said that although it was open and there was only 25% capacity, that didn't mean every ride was open. So mm, that would be such a bummer to go and your favorite ride is closed. Yeah. So then you're able to ride less rides. So then those lines back up. You might not necessarily be able to get through the park any faster due to those mm. line weights. You know what that reminds me of? It's one of my biggest pet peeves about amusement parks in general is sometimes when you go during off season, especially a place that's like specifically roller coasters, you know, sometimes they'll have like two, three trains, but during slow season, they'll have one train running. So it still keeps a line for you, even though like if there's <laughs> less people and you had the trains, you could get through. But anyway, I mean, we're talking about Disneyland, which we love, but let's not forget all the classics here in California, all the originals that Florida has taken and stolen. We're talking Universal Studios. We're talking SeaWorld 
over here, Legoland and a California Classic Knott's Berry Farm, all these big major amusement parks, no capacity limits, no mask requirements, no physical distancing, no physical distancing. Only caveat is these are on reservation system just because there's pent up demand. So they don't want people coming and then have it be sold out and have people not be able to get in. So I'm really trying to go to Disneyland or Knott's Berry Farm sometime soon. I want to go to Knott's Berry's Farm or Universal Studios really soon. Let's make a trip out of it. Let's I am so, it. I'm so ready. You know, the other day, Brittany and I were looking for Disneyland tickets. It was hard to find. We didn't find any, but hopefully we could find it to some of the other places. And all of these places are not requiring proof of any vaccinations. Honor system, like we said. Hey, travelers, let's take a quick detour to talk all about our travel itineraries that we've created just for you. We now have six different trip itineraries, one week in Kauai, an American Southwest weekend or road trip, a week in Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Parks, a road trip adventure featuring all three of Washington State's national parks, Big Island, Hawaii, and an Arizona road trip that features all three of Arizona's national parks. We are obsessed with these. These itineraries are 20 to 30 page PDF guides with every detail of the trip laid out. We're talking where to fly into, the exact route to take, where to stay, park entrance prices, where to eat, and driving distance between attractions. Plus what things to see and do, even the hikes we recommend, and their mileage, and the time to allow for each one, and so much more. We have story highlights on our Instagram, at Travel Squad Podcast, where you can see the full guides. We've done all of the research and have taken these exact trips, taking our all of the guesswork from the planning so all that you have to do is show up and have fun purchase your comprehensive travel squad podcast itinerary on our website at travelsquadpodcast.com best of all they're on sale right now for 30 dollars. so travel on over and get yours today this episode is brought to you by visit williamsburg in Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, story number three is about mega events. And this ranges from concerts to sports and any other type of mega event. And even conventions for that matter. I mean, we have the San Diego oh, wow. Convention Center here, Comic-Con's here. It's been delayed twice already. They didn't have it last year. They thought they were maybe going to have it this year. They canceled it as well. So this includes conventions also. The San Diego Comic-Con was postponed until November of this year during Thanksgiving week. But I also heard even though it was postponed, most of it is still going to be in a virtual format and not really oh. in person. I think they've decided that regardless of what the COVID situation is at that time. So I think they'll still have some in-person stuff, but most of it's going to be on an online virtual format from my understanding. Interesting. So you might be wondering how many people qualify as a mega event. And so it's broken down by if it's indoor or if it's outdoor. So a mega event for an indoor setting would be 
an event that draws 5,000 people or more. So indoor sporting events like basketball or indoor concerts or conventions, things like that. And then the outdoor is if it draws more than 10,000 people outdoors. And it's like parades, festivals, outdoor concerts, fairs, all those sorts of things. Do you have any idea if this is a California specific rule? I believe it is. So yeah. this is one restriction that's technically still in place. We're not completely free. Right. The old, like we said, asterisks and caveats. And mm-hmm. as we got further here, so with the 5,000, what they are requiring, if it is indoors, technically mega event under their definition, is that people either must be vaccinated and show proof to attend. They have to have a negative COVID test within 72 hours. So those events of 5,000 people that are indoors, they are going to be somehow forcing your hand to show that you are either vaccinated or negative for COVID. Those 10,000 for outdoor events, again, baseball games, football games, outdoor concerts, Splash House for you, Kim. I know that's outdoors. (laughs) We'll talk about that a little bit later. But the state is requesting that those type of events of 10,000 or more outdoors do request that people show proof of vaccination or negative, but it is not a requirement. But they're putting that caveat out there like, hey, we want you to do this, but it's not required. And so for either indoor or outdoor, if you're fully vaccinated in either situation, you do not have to wear a mask. And then in the indoor mega event, if you're unvaccinated, you have to wear a mask, even if you show a negative COVID-19 test. So one, you have to show your negative COVID-19 test, and then you still have to wear a mask after that interesting outdoor it says it's required but i don't know how they're going to really mandate that if they're not really checking for proof of vaccination so i feel like that's more honor system and those restrictions are supposedly supposed to stay in place from our opening june 15th all the way to october 1st here 2021 but who knows i mean this is california i hope not but it could be extended beyond that but the fact that it's even open and we could have these type of events is exciting I know you're excited for concerts and outdoor type of events to come back. I mentioned Splash House. Is Splash House happening this year, Kim? Splash House, they just put out an announcement that they're coming back with two weekends in August. So hard-hitting question. Are you going to get a splash tattoo this year? (laughs) Definitely not getting a splash tattoo. And I actually might not even go because the... This is like a shock to me. (laughs) Well, because the tickets, again, are prioritized by who had purchased them for 2020. So they may actually be sold out. And if you're going to go to Splash House, you have to stay at one of the sponsoring hotels that are part of the event. You don't want to stay in like an Airbnb nearby and just buy a ticket like that's not quite as fun. So you think they're already sold out? They went on sale already. So who knows? I mean, we'll see, I guess. But there are several other festivals that San Diego has announced specifically. And one of those is happening July 10th. It's the San Diego Bay Fest, which has like Dirty Heads. I love Dirty Heads. And it has a bunch of other reggae artists. There is the Blended Festival, which is a new one that I would really like to go to. It's in October. It's a two-day festival. And it's great because it's actually a Friday evening and a Saturday, not a Saturday and a Sunday for these working ladies over here. I don't want to be hungover on a Monday. And Kim's definitely over 30. (laughs) (laughs) I never liked being hungover, which is now I just don't want to do it even more on Monday. You know, what's super funny is we're recording again pretty soon. And Kim was like, let's record early. And she wants to record at 8 a.m., which is totally fine. (laughs) But in her like prime where she was partying and hungover, she would never suggest that we record at 8 a.m. on a Sunday. It's actually actually Saturday. Saturday. And I do 
prefer if I'm going to stay in Friday. It doesn't matter. Anyway, the, <laughs> you're going to stay in. <laughs> is that what you just know that the thing is, um, if I were to have evening plans like dinner or whatever, I wouldn't want to do it that early. But if I don't have any plans and I have no problem getting up early and the real reason is I'm trying to not double book myself here and be able to, after recording, go have bay day for a friend's birthday and so live. So you're going to be a, a grandma Friday night to accommodate. <laughs> Sacrifices here. I'm going to steer the conversation back a little bit because I think we've ragged on Kim enough. I think our audience and our squaddies know that Kim over 30 is a different Kim of what she used to be. But one thing, speaking of the mega events that's coming to mind, and I really tried to find the answer for this myself, and I really couldn't find what it said. So obviously, baseball, football, I think pretty much all of those type of stadiums here in California, because we have good weather is all outdoors. So those are outdoor events. There's no proof of vaccination required, only recommended, etc. But what about basketball games? I could not find anything about basketball specifically because that's all indoors. So are they going to make everybody that attends the basketball game at full capacity show a negative test? Yes. Are they? It's a mega event. It, well, it includes sporting events. There's more than 5,000 at a basketball game? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Kim, we're talking like 18 to 22,000 oh. in basketball stadiums. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yes, Brittany. I, I mean, I, I get that. They say that it's a requirement, but... I wonder the logistics of checking the tickets like that, how they will do something like that. I have a thought on this because Blended Festival, they are going to be using a health pass by Clear. You know, Clear is also in the airport. Yes. So in Clear, it's like going to be an app on your phone. You can import your vaccine information or your COVID test information, and then you scan a QR code when you go in and it it tells you. That would make sense because I did read something saying that for the mega events that right when you buy your ticket, there's going to be instructions on what type of tests that they would take and how you can show proof. So I think it'll be an electric system. Our last story is on electronic vaccine verification. And I thought this was so interesting. I was reading this San Francisco Chronicle article, which was talking all about this California-wide electronic vaccine verification system that's coming very soon. Now, we don't have all the details quite yet. They're still emerging and coming out as our Governor Newsom announces it. But he has made it specifically clear it is not a vaccine passport yeah, I think what vac- <laughs> yeah, I know. I think what vaccine passport is when people hear it, they see this and they think, well, of course this is a vaccine passport. But I think where they're making the distinction is that vaccine passport is for all businesses and everything. This verification system is for businesses and maybe the mega events that want to participate in it. Right. So it's, it's like for- again, no shoes, no shirt, no service. Right. These businesses can decide if they want to do this or not. Exactly, and it's not a requirement. It's an optional electronic version of your paper card. So if you're going to an event that wants to see your paper card, this is the electronic version of it. So you don't have to bring your card. Yeah. I don't want to bring my card. I'd get dirty, gross. Right. I'm actually wondering if I have a picture on my phone of it. Is that an acceptable form of vaccine verification? I think from what I read, and again, like you said, the information we have on it is vague. They're giving us some stuff, but it's not fully rolled out. So we really don't know. 
I think it's going to have that information, but it's going to be in the form of a QR code. Because at the same time, who is sitting here going to be like, oh, this is your name on it. Let me see your ID. I really think it's going to have to be in some sort of scan QR code system to where it's like, oh, this is on your phone. This is you. I'm sure there's going to be ways to prevent you from actually even sharing it with somebody else. Mm -hmm. Right. But those details are still to be determined. So California is working on that. Again, an all-voluntary system based on businesses that want to participate in it on their own accord. But I do think this is obviously going to apply to those mega events should it stay in place. Not just businesses, but I can see it for travel too. Absolutely. And California is not the first state to do this. New York and Hawaii already have it. And there are several other states that are working on it. And there's other countries in the world that already have it. The supporters of it at least say that it's meant to improve public safety and make things quicker. And when, when Jamal and I went to the Virgin Islands in January of 2021, we did have to submit proof and then they gave us a QR code, which we used when we landed at the airport. So I think it, it'll be really easily adaptable to other places, including travel. If it makes lines shorter, then give it to me. Hell yeah. I'm ready for it. <laughs> So we have just talked about some major news in California. Those were four stories for you. But now we're going to get into some deals because what kind of Travel Squad podcast episode wouldn't have some type of deals? We love our deals. Deals, so deals, deals. We can't give you an episode without something about how to fuck them hard, can we? The I don't think D. so. <laughs> big D. <laughs> so now we're going to talk about travel deals to book now. There are several hotels in California and across the country that are having some major summer sales. So these should definitely entice you to book. The first one that we found was Marriott, specifically Marriott's new Bonvoy Escape Steals. There are over a thousand hotels, not just California, but again, across the country. One of them that's pretty interesting is the Hotel Paseo in Palm Springs. It's a beautiful, gorgeous staycation, vacation, escape hotel to stay in. But the deals that Marriott hotels are having right now are 25% off for the month of July. Nice. So it's coming right up. Get in there and book that up if you like Marriott hotels. And another hotel is a Hyatt hotel, and they're offering deals that are 10 to 25% off through September 30th. And all you have to do is book by the end of July. So you'll get the savings if you book by July 31st, and you have a whole month to do that. And that one is the plan your adventure deal. Yeah, and a real last short little deal here for you is Wyndham. Who doesn't know the name Wyndham and Travel? They're offering 25% off their stays. You do have to book by July 1st here. So a week left here for you to go ahead and make that. But there are great Wyndham, Hyatt, and Marriott properties all throughout California in the big cities, in the small little staycation, desert areas, up in the mountain areas. So these are really great deals if you kind of want that little bit of luxury staycation with that California vibe going. So book them. There's also a Kimpton Hotel sale going on right now. Ooh, Kimpton. I love Kimpton Hotels. They're so beautiful. There's one in Sacramento. There's one down here in San Diego. There's a gorgeous one in Santa Barbara. And their sale that they're doing right now is 15 to 25% off. And this one's kind of correlated with how long you stay. So if you're looking for a more extended stay of three nights or more, definitely stay at a Kimpton. It's so luxurious. 
So some third-party comparison sites and booking sites also have really good deals, Expedia being one of them. They have a lot of last-minute deals on the site, but you have to act really fast because they're moving really, really quickly. But they're having uh, sales at the Venetian Resort in Las Vegas, the Metropolitan Miami Beach, and the One Hotel West in Hollywood. So go to Expedia, see what kind of awesome deals that they have. And last-minute deals are so fun because it's kind of spontaneous and it's a different feel than when you're trying to plan something in advance. Yeah, and I know with that Expedia deal that Brittany mentioned, she mentioned several places that weren't in California except for that last Hollywood one. All these deals that we're talking about from these major hotels chains, do keep in mind again, these are nationwide sales that they're having all across. But now that California is open, do think of California when you come. I mean, I love vacation in California and I live in California. It's so great. So in my email, I've been seeing lots of deals from airlines, Southwest being one of them. I love Southwest. And they are always having like two day sales. This last one that they just had was like 50% off sale prices. So I was actually able to score a really, really awesome deal. So from San Diego to Maui, I was able to book a flight with points originally a few weeks back. And I went to rebook it while they were having the sale. I got half of my points back, 5,000 points I got back. I have companion passage. Jamal got his flight free. And then on the way home from Maui to San Diego, the sale price was $104. You really can't beat that. That's amazing. So round trip for two people, we ended up spending $114 out of pocket. That's amazing. So just general squad tip, look at all the airlines deals right now. I mean, we're seeing airline prices actually going up because they want to make up money that they lost. They see the pent up demand for travel, but minus Southwest, there's always good deals to be found. You just got to go ahead and look for them. And that's a good one. That deal unfortunately has expired, but Southwest has them all the time. So keep your eyes peeled. And definitely subscribe in your email to their newsletters because that's where you're going to see the deals. And then you can also subscribe to us or follow us on Instagram at Travel Squad Podcast because when we see those deals in our inboxes, we share them there for you. All right, ladies, did any of you have any last little bit of input you wanted to talk about about California's grand reopening? Yes, I'm actually kind of disappointed that California is not having a state fair despite California reopening. Really? Well, San Diego is having the San Diego County Fair, so I'll be going to that for the first time ever. You haven't you been haven't to been? the county no. fair here? Oh my gosh, Kim. You've what are you doing with yourself? Racetrack, like fairgrounds, yeah. but you haven't been to I the fair. I know. This is my year. Well, I would hope that California would have a state fair this year. I think the reason why we saw that they're not having it is not because of COVID in the sense that they're trying to prevent the event. They're still using Cal Expo in Sacramento, which is where they hold the fair for COVID testing and vaccination sites. So they are talking about like pushing it back potentially, but it is a tentative date. And that tentative date is supposedly September, which is ironic because that's when they used to have it. But two years back, they moved it to July. Which and was a dumb move. Yeah, yeah. Why would you want a state fair July, Sacramento and the heat? No, I don't think so. But <laughs> so that's been canceled because of that. But San Diego County Fair is a good one. I think I saw that a whole bunch of county fairs are still going on. Maybe a handful of counties, like five that I saw them cancel them. So you can definitely get some fair action in California too. Are you going to buy a mattress, Kim, at the fair? 
<laughs> I think you guys still need to get your new and improved larger mattress from the fair this year. <laughs> We're suckers for mattresses at the fair. I know. Don't judge us. <laughs> so the only last thought I want to leave our listeners with, very important about California. A lot of things changed during the pandemic. One of those things was that California and San Diego were allowed to serve to go alcohol. And that, my friends, is staying. Woo, yeah. So come on down. That is exciting news. And I also heard this is not anything to do with the reopening. I heard this like late last year that the California legislature is trying to make it so where all these restaurants that had the availability to do their outdoor pop-ups and not have any code requirements or like permits to keep those. So it's been really nice mm. here in San Diego and other cities to have that like alfresco dining, like outdoors, the setups. It makes me feel like I'm in Europe actually. And that I think is actually going to be staying because they're trying to help businesses out and not have them have to have those permitted requirements to do that outdoor stuff. So that is something really exciting along with the to-go booze that's staying. Maybe they'll allow us to be like Vegas, New Orleans, and a couple other cities and walk with those containers down the street. Ooh, I think that help. would be exciting. Well, I'm not talking about getting sloppy out there, but there's nothing more exciting and casual than walking with a drink in hand. I think it's so fun. Yeah, we did that in the airport actually last weekend. We weren't supposed to leave the bar area with our drinks, but it was crazy. It was pandemonium over there. So we were actually helping out the system and went to go sit at our chairs in the waiting area. <laughs> yeah, we let somebody else get their pre-flight drinks. There you go. So with that being said, it is my favorite time of the week. Questions of the week. <laughs> All right, we have two questions this week. The first one is, I think we may have answered a bit of this, but number one, how is this different than what it was like months before? So different. I mean, months before, social distancing was enforced and super required. Stores were limiting capacity on how many people could go inside. That was happening for a while. I mean, there was a wait to go inside Target, sometimes like up to 30 minutes, which oh is God. crazy. Costco at one point was like two hours. If you weren't there an hour before it opened, if not even sooner, I mean, my gosh, you were waiting there all day to get inside because they were limiting it. Although I will say this about Costco, I feel like our first reopening that we had, which was what, maybe like in May of last mm -hmm. year, kind of like a little soft opening, they stopped that restriction of the amount of people in um, and forming the line. But other stores kept that in place for a lot, lot longer, too. Some stores still actually have. I don't want to name that store by name. I think you know which one I'm talking about, Kim, because you say you don't go there sometimes. <laughs> I, I can a finally line. go back but there. But I'm anxious to see if they're going to be one of those businesses that still partake in that on the optional on their mm -hmm. end of things. We will see. And another big difference is that there's a lot more people in California. During the pandemic, when things were more locked down, we saw a lot less tourists, mm -hmm. a lot less activity, a lot less traffic. And that is definitely Changing. back. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, when we had the beaches actually open, not like right at the beginning, but after a while, there's still less tourists, right? It was really, really nice to not have them just as crowded, right? You didn't have mm -hmm. the tourists. And I can't tell you, I mean, if you've never experienced California traffic on the freeways, what a luxury it was to drive on the oh, freeways yeah. without traffic. That was absolutely amazing. It was my favorite part of this last year. I know it's, it's coming back. <laughs> so lots of things are different, but ready to move on in this next chapter in life and hopefully post COVID here in the US and California for that matter. Yeah, absolutely. And then our last question, number two, is now that California is open, what is one city that you recommend visiting? 
Ooh, that's a tough question because there are so many great cities to visit in California. I mean, we're limiting it to a city. I would even say some of our national parks, what we have nine, the amusement parks, which I love. But if we're really, really going to go city, you know, are we talking big city? I'm going to give you a hidden gem. We've kind of mentioned this before. We haven't had a full episode on it. I'm going to go with Solvay, California, Ooh, that's just a really right good one. east a little bit of Santa Barbara. It's close enough to Santa Barbara that you have a Southern California town vibe, beach, calm, nice. It also has that Spanish style like architecture in there. Then you go up into Solvay in the mountains, you have vineyards, you have wineries. But the main thing about Solvay is it is a small town that looks like you're in Europe. And what I mean by that is lots of Danish people settled that area. So you have Danish windmills, Danish architecture, the whole town is like that. You have mom and pop shops that serve sweets and a whole bunch of other things. And it's a really cool California town that I would say you should check out. So I'm just going to go with San Diego. I feel like there's so much to do in San Diego. You have the beach, you have the mountains, you have hiking. There is a lot of events that are going on within the city. It's close to other really big towns and cities like LA, or you can pop down into Mexico and land crossing is open. So I think that our hometown of San Diego is a place I would recommend visiting. Now, what would I say about California? Hmm. Well, I want to say maybe I want to say San Francisco, but I also know they're really liberal. So I don't know exactly how open they will be for you guys. So scratch that. I'm just going to say Napa. And the only selfish reason I'm saying this is because I've always wanted to go and it's beautiful and wine. That's all. (laughs) But we're right here next to the border and we have Valle de Guadalupe an hour away, which is like Mexico's Napa. I have been there several times and I did go there during the pandemic and I've never been to Napa. So I think let's plan a trip. Well, you kind of gave a twofer because Napa is not too far from San Francisco. So if San Francisco doesn't work out, you can hop on over to Napa and it will be open. I promise you those vineyards and wineries are going to be open. That is for sure. Yes. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into our episode this week. Keep the adventures going with us. Follow us on Instagram and YouTube at Travel Squad Podcast. Tag us in your adventures and send us in your questions. If you found the information in this episode to be useful, or if you thought we were just plain funny, please be sure to share it with a friend that would enjoy it too. And as always, guys, please subscribe, rate and review our podcast, and tune in every Travel Tuesday for new episodes. Stay tuned for next week's episode. We are interviewing Mandy and Garrett from Connected Family Travel, and they share some amazing tips on family budget travel. Oh, yeah. Stay tuned. That is such a good episode. Have a good week, guys. Bye, Bye. everybody.